Hey Grow Girls, you are listening to the Get Up and Grow Girl podcast, hosted by me, your spiritual life and business coach, Leela Jasmine Sule. I'm also a recovering hustle hard, turn my back on my feminine energy, disconnect from the divine, my productivity equals my worth kind of girl. So now it's my mission to help you ditch that disconnected lifestyle and instead align and prosper so you can experience soulful, aligned, feel-good success. You don't need no magic lamp because you are your own genie capable of manifesting your own vision. So this podcast will guide you on your journey to finding your light, stepping into your power and manifesting your dream life and business. So let's jump in. Hello, I am coming on with a juicy podcast episode. And for those of you who are watching this either on the replay or now on Instagram, instead of listening on the podcast, the reason I look like a drowned rat is because I started my day, (laughs) well, I finished my day at 8 a.m. I was in Trinidad. Port of Spain, finishing Juve and finishing Trinidad Carnival after being up all night. And now at 6pm here, I am recording a podcast on anxious attachment. I love my life. Like the duality, the weirdness of that contrast of being out basically all night. I have been home, napped, and now I'm doing this. And then we're back again on the road tomorrow. So it's been a very exciting day but I just couldn't not come on and share this episode because this is really juicy and this is really relevant to you know all of my content right now and I feel like if you've been feeling you know like curious and you've been drawn to it and you've been like this is me this is the deep dive that I always love to to share when I go into a topic I love to do a deep dive this is the deep dive so we're going to talk about unexpected ways that your anxious attachment style could be and might well be blocking you from your manifestations. Once you see these, already being conscious of them undoes some of that damage. And it means that, you know, you cannot be blocked by this anxious attachment style so much when you understand what's going on because you already have that level of understanding. The first layer to kind of deconditioning, healing is awareness. So firstly that, and then of course, we're going to go more into how you can actually heal this. So what I want to start by saying is our anxious attachment style we are taught is related to relationships and is related to bonding and will affect how we show up in relationships, um, especially romantic relationships. And this is absolutely correct. Yes, your anxious attachment style will affect your relationships. But the part that gets so missed that I'm so passionate about sharing is that our anxious attachment style affects everything that we have an attachment to. So the clue is really in the name in that sense. But when I say everything that we have an attachment to, really that is most of life's important areas, the things, and especially the things that you want to manifest. If you want to manifest something, you have some sort of attachment to that. Obviously a big part of the manifestation process is becoming not attached to it in the sense that you need, you need, you need it, which is a lack, scarcity energy. But ultimately, when you want something, you have some skin in the game, essentially. 
So anything that you're trying to manifest, you have some skin in the game, which means your anxious attachment style will most likely affect that until addressed and healed. So our anxious attachment style is formed from how we learn to bond, yes. But what I would say is, it's not just about how we bond, it's about how we receive. Our attachment style is really how we receive, whether that be love, which, you know, as a child, we're learning to receive love. But we're also learning to get our core needs met. We're learning to receive, you know, communication, to receive physical care in terms of needing your nappy changed, your, your butt wipes, like you're, you're self-fed. As a child, we're learning not just how to receive love, but how to receive all of the basic things that we need, all of our basic needs to survive. So it, you can see then the kind of correlation of how our attachment style that we learn from our caregivers and we learn growing up, if it affects our essential needs, then as we grow up, our essential needs change. It's not just to, you know, have food to survive. We, our realm of what is essential expands um, as we progress as a society, but also as we grow from a child into an adult. So we're going to dive deep into these, but just to give you an overview, that's things like love, yes, romantic relationships, but money is a big one. That's often an essential need, or at least we perceive it to be such because it enables us to meet our other needs. And any goals that you deem like really important, as I just said, will also be affected by your attachment style. And where this comes from is because how we bond affects how safe we feel and when we were, were children and we got we learned to develop that attachment what we were basically learning is am i safe am i not safe when we have an anxious attachment style ultimately it comes from a wound of sometimes i'm safe but sometimes i'm not and when you think that sometimes you're not safe well, ultimately that creates an underlying feeling of i'm never really safe because any second now I could be unsafe again. So how safe you feel underlines all behavior. Think about it. Like how safe you feel is going to determine everything you do, all of your unconscious behavior. And therefore, if our anxious attachment style affects our unconscious behavior, and we know that our unconscious behavior affects everything that we manifest, then now you will see why I'm obsessed with talking about this topic and why I'm so passionate about, about doing so. Because truly, hopefully, what you now see already just at this point into the podcast is that your anxious attachment style is really not just about relationships. It's not just about learning to feel secure in a relationship. It's about how you show up in every area of your life. And therefore, it's about the life you want to create for yourself. It's about manifesting that life that you see on your vision board. Your anxious attachment style absolutely has a hand in that. And the good news is then that when you heal it, all of that shifts, everything else shifts and your manifesting abilities massively shift because you're no longer manifesting from a place of I'm not safe. When you're not safe, you're only gonna manifest your basic survival needs, right? You're not gonna take any risks. You're not gonna take any kind of slightly out there steps because you're in survival mode. That's, you don't have the energy for that. 
Whereas when you shift to a place of I am safe, I'm secure, you start to reach into the realms of abundance because you're not just looking to survive. You're looking to expand. You have that extra energy to become, you know, a higher version of yourself to reach that self-actualization. So I'm going to break down four things that in particular, the four key things that you may want to manifest, common goals that, that create what I believe is a vision of soulful success and how your anxious attachment style could be influencing these and actually blocking these areas from expanding to what you want them to be. Again, once you, you listen to this podcast, you hear these things, before you do anything else, even just listening and understanding, oh my God, yes, my anxious attachment style, I think, is causing me to do that. That sounds exactly like me. Already, just having that revelation is expanding your consciousness and therefore taking back some of your power so that these patterns aren't just happening without your, your say, because you're becoming more conscious. Of course, we all have, you know, blind spots and most of our behavior is unconscious. But when you put your attention on it, you're already shifting things. So the first area that is unexpected that you may not expect, which your anxious attachment style could be blocking you in, is money, your financial sitch, essentially. Because when we don't feel safe, And again, when we learn that we receive love sometimes, other times not. That's really what an anxious attachment style is. It's not consistently having your needs met as a child, sometimes having them met and sometimes not. And so it creates this like hot and cold feeling. Sometimes perhaps you felt great because all your needs were met. Perhaps you had a caregiver who was really on it sometimes and really loving and really warm. And then other times they were really like either not not present they were you know disappeared or they were just not able to meet your needs or they were in a very different mood and and it was volatile so you learn sometimes i get what i need and sometimes i don't well of course you can see how that would translate to money that you feel that sometimes i have what i need and other times i'm I'm, i don't get my basic needs met sometimes it's hot and sometimes it's cold sometimes i'm in feast when it comes to money sometimes i'm in famine And so you would know if you have an anxious attachment style with money because you'll have that unsafe feeling which will come up or show up in things like that sick feeling. Like when you go to check your bank or you think about checking your bank or you think about really anything to do with money, paying bills, etc., you start to feel sick. And it's this feeling of dread because you're scared of what you might see. Again, that's anxiety, isn't it? Not knowing what you're going to see not feeling safe, secure, and in the know. Again, maybe as a child, you didn't know. Am I going to get happy mum or am I going to get angry mum? Like, could be any any parent, could be, a, you know, someone that just close to you. As a child, you wouldn't know what am I going to get. So now as an adult, you may feel that way with money that you just don't know. You feel like it's beyond your control. You don't know if you're going to get all your needs met and all your bills are going to be paid and you're going to be good or you're going to be struggling and you're going to be freaking out. You can see the patterns in unconscious behavior and how you feel. And the thing with this is when you have this anxious attachment style, again, you don't feel safe. So it influences your unconscious behavior. So your unconscious behavior with money can look like, again, avoiding checking your bank, 
and just avoiding the whole financial situation thing, not wanting to look into it because you're scared of what you might see. But of course, if you're avoiding it, then what's going to happen? Money's going to avoid you back, essentially. If you're avoiding it, you're not able to keep on top of things. One of the main things that I did myself to turn around my financial situation and one of the main, I think the most like life-changing thing that I teach in the Anxious Attachment Money Healing Bundle, which is on my website, is I teach an actual money framework of what to do with your money no matter how much you make. And I was using this when I was broke and when my, my income wasn't even covering my bills and it, it helped me to pull myself out of the situation. So you can use this formula no matter how much money you make. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I've gone on a tangent. The bundle, the framework. Okay, so the framework is something that helps you to change your situation. Taking control of your money by implementing certain behaviours, understanding, you know, first of all, what you have coming in, what you have coming out, making a strategy of how you're going to make your money work for you rather than just leave it to chance is, of course, a key part of financial abundance, of manifesting more money, of being in a state of mental abundance so that you attract more and you feel in, in wealth. And if you're scared to check your bank, then obviously you're not doing that because you're not aware of how much you have. So you're self-sabotaging and you're unconsciously sabotaging yourself because you're scared. Again, if you were conscious of it, I know you'd be like, well, of course I'm gonna change that. But the thing is, is this feeling is often hidden in the unconscious. And you might be like, oh, okay, I get it now. But then, you know, you might go back to normal life and it just disappears and you slip back into old habits. The mind reaches for habits because habits save energy. It just does what it's always done because then it doesn't have to think and waste energy or it thinks waste energy on, you know, analyzing what, what it should do. You'll also know that you have anxious attachment with money if you feel guilt. If you feel guilt when you spend money, especially on yourself, because you don't know, it comes from, again, this feeling of, I don't know, I don't know where I stand because I've just spent money on myself, but now I don't know if I should have done that. Should I, should I have done that? Should I not have done that? Do you second guess your spending decisions? Because if you do, that's again, a sign of anxious attachment. You don't know if you should have done that. You don't know if you're going to suffer now or not. Because again, this is coming from an inherent feeling of not being safe of never knowing where you stood perhaps as a child or often not knowing. I want to stress that you don't have to have air quotes, bad parents to have an anxious attachment style. In fact, most of us, we have very well-meaning parents and we can still have an anxious attachment style because people are human, right? And as a child, remember you're interpreting it through the lens of a child who is a walking subconscious mind. The child doesn't have, you know, the critical, the critical? the critical thinking faculty of the conscious mind, yeah. So, you know, your parent might just have been busy, but they didn't meet one of your needs. They didn't make you feel seen, loved, understood. And so you can interpret that for sometimes my needs don't get met and I'm not safe. So you can see how this affects your unconscious behavior when it comes to money. And actually what you want in money, what a secure relationship with money would be like is actually knowing exactly what's going on in your in your accounts knowing you know how much you're making and how much you're putting out feeling safe to go in and check even if the situation is not what you want and you you know perhaps you have debt and things like that but feeling that you can you're safe to go in and look at it and rewriting the path that you the, 
the mental pathway that looking at it would make it worse, which is not true. Of course, looking at it is the first step to making it better. And I can truly speak from my heart here that when I started doing this and went from avoiding and like not wanting to look, because I, I felt like if I look at my, my financial situation and it's, it's you know, it's, I know it's not good. At a time I was like, I know it, I'm in my overdraft then I'm just going to feel worse. And then if I feel worse, then I feel like I'm going to just manifest more of that. And that was the pathway that I had in my mind. But actually, this is not true because the more you avoid it, you're just allowing this to not only exist, but actually expand and exacerbate itself. Whereas once you put attention on it, what you put attention on appreciates. What you appreciate appreciates. So it's actually how you can heal it. And again, I, I teach all of this in the anxious attachment anxious money attachment healing bundle which i'll tell you more about at the end but it's also in my bio but there is a an offer run at the minute so don't go anywhere the second way your anxious attachment style can show up and block you in, a, in an area that you may not expect is actually in your work life so again it's so beyond the stereotype of it's just about romantic relationships because in your work life if you have an anxious attachment style what you might do is again, you don't feel safe, so you need to grab on and cling on to this feeling of safety. And so what you're gonna do is probably people please. Struggle to say no. You're probably gonna overgive, do too, do too much, do the most. You're not gonna have boundaries most likely. And you're probably gonna over explain yourself. And why are you doing all of these three things? Because you're, you're fearing rejection. When we have an anxious attachment style, we really feel fear rejection because, again, we, we just didn't have that safe feeling and rejection feels like reliving that feeling again. Not getting our needs met again, not getting our needs for acceptance met again. But then again, our higher self, our adult self, we don't need acceptance from anyone except ourselves. But we're still living with this unconscious programming. So in work, if you leave your anxious attachment style to just run rampant and you don't do anything to work on it and to heal it, then what can happen is you can find yourself saying yes to everything, which one is going to leave you with a, with a very full plate in the sense that you're going to probably be burnt out. And when you're burnt out, you can't manifest, you know, what you want in your work life if you've got no energy left to put back into it. But also you become, you know, a yes man. You, you lose your authenticity. You're no longer saying, actually, no, I don't agree with that. And using your critical... Crit Why can I not say this word? I'm going to blame Carnival. Your critical thinking skills. Because your critical mind is really your asset, right? In, in work, your opinions, your ideas, these are all very important. But when you're a people pleaser, you won't speak your ideas if you don't think that it's going to want to be heard. Or maybe you won't at all because you're prefer to blend in and I used to do this if you haven't already I feel like I don't even need to say it but if you haven't already guessed the reason I'm so passionate about this and I'm bringing you content about the anxious attachment style is because it is my attachment style anxious secure and now thanks to a lot of healing work a lot more secure than anxious I would say still you know still doing the work there's still new layers to this shit <laughs> but that is something I used to do when I was in a workplace, which is a very long time ago, because I've been self-employed for the majority of my life. I wouldn't really share ideas because I didn't want to upset anyone. I just wanted to, I didn't want any rejection. And if you share an idea, what's going to happen? There's a 50, 50% chance, of course, always, of rejection, of them saying no. 
But if you feel safe inside, if they say no, it's no biggie. It's no biggie. But when you don't feel safe inside and you're living from your inner child wounds, then you're not going to be able to take that step because you're going to live in people pleasing. So not only can it cause you to burn out in your work life, but it can cause you to actually dim your, your gifts, your magnetism, if you like, and then tap out of the very thing that would get you advancement in your career, get you where you want in your business or your, or your career. Over-explaining yourself, again, is another trauma response from the anxious attachment style where we so want to be understood, again, because of this fear of rejection. And so what we'll do is we'll just talk, 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 and, you know, over-explain, over-apologize. It's another big one. And what that's doing, unfortunately, is sometimes just teaching people how to treat you and teaching them that they can kind of, you know, that you don't... If, your level of self-worth and self-confidence is going to basically teach other people how to how much respect to give you how much you respect yourself is going to encourage people you know how they should treat you and, and how much respect they should give you and so when you're living from your wounded inner child and your anxious attachment you may constantly over explain yourself as a trauma response you're not a chatterbox this is a trauma response and basically kind of teach people that you know you can couldn't let her take the blame like she's always going to apologize even when it's not her fault and unfortunately sometimes people will take advantage of that and i like to believe this is more because they're in their ego it's not necessarily intentional but when people are in their ego then they're going to just be like oh it's not my fault it's her fault okay great and they'll genuinely believe that it is your fault and just push things onto you and you're going to manifest more of that so all of this, of course, does not lead to the abundance and the advancement that you want in your work life. So we've been through money and work life. Would you have thought at the beginning of this episode that your anxious attachment style would affect those two areas? I know that I definitely didn't when I first started my journey of healing. Next, we have friendships. Now, this one may be a little bit more you know, understandable. And you may be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. And I did see that before because of course it's a bond. It's a relationship. Colleagues are, are a bond and a relationship too, but friendships I feel like is more clear. If your anxious attachment style is driving you still in friendships, you may feel constantly taken for granted and overlooked. And you may feel kind of a bit of resentment even and frustration because of this. And again, why this happens is because someone who's living from anxious attachment hates boundaries. Boundaries are scary to them because, again, a boundary could upset somebody in theory. A boundary is standing up for yourself and kind of taking back your power. But that means that, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially doing the opposite of people pleasing. You're putting down a line and saying, this is what I want. And you, you're scared of that person not being pleased. And again, if as a child you ever felt you had to walk around on eggshells around someone, then I imagine as an adult now, boundaries might be difficult for you. If not right now, it may be something you've had to work a lot on. So if, you, if you're not using boundaries, and I think this is really important because sometimes, especially if you're struggling with anxious attachment, the closer someone is to you, the harder it is for you to set the boundary because it feels more like that boundary is going to come as a shock and may upset the person. There's this misconception that, you know, if we're close to someone, then we shouldn't have any, any limits and we can do whatever we want. 
we can ask whatever we want of them, we can, you know, treat them however we want because they're so close to us. But actually this is not this is not healthy and this doesn't create a healthy dynamic. But because of that conditioning, you may find that the people closer to you, your close friends or, or people who you're, you know, um, pursuing a friendship with, even if it's in the early stages, that you find it especially hard to set boundaries with them. So what you might do is not set any at all. And this used to be me. And then you may later feel that your your all your energy is being taken or that certain lines that are important to you are being overstepped. Your needs are not being met. But why is that? That's because you haven't set the lines of this is what I need to get my needs met. This is what I need to feel in a healthy relationship, healthy friendship. And so when you didn't set that in place, then people are obviously going to most likely overstep those lines because they don't know the lines exist. And then you're going to feel frustrated and you're going to feel resentful. And again, friendships are one of the biggest ways we fill ourselves up on the energy that we can use to go out in the world and manifest what we want. So when your friendships are bringing you down and draining you and making you feel frustrated and resentful, then of course, it's not only going to you know affect how you feel in, in your sense of connection, because that's what our friendships are for, but also just how you go about everything else. Another thing that can happen in friendships when we have this anxious attachment, similar to what I said in work life, is that you're going to overgive. You're going to want to be the anxious, the person with anxious attachment just wants love. When we are struggling with anxious attachment, we are like the puppy dogs that are just running around, just like, you know, desperately kind of pouring, <laughs> um, like clawing, if you like. If you're not, if you listen to the podcast, you're not going to get this because I'm doing the weirdest hand gesture, but like pouring on someone's leg, you know, like puppies do trying to get attention. That is unfortunately what it can be like when your anxious attachment is just running the show because you just want love and acceptance. And why is this? Because again, sometimes you didn't feel safe. Maybe deep inside, you still don't feel safe. You didn't always get the love that you wanted. You didn't always get your needs met. So you're trying to kind of relive your trauma and get a different outcome. This is what the subconscious mind will always try and do, it's seeking closure. So we'll try to relive situations that we've been through to try to get a different outcome so that we can close that chapter, so to speak. So what you may do is just try desperately to be liked. And I'll be honest, a way that I used to do this was just offering things. Just whether it would be me and Kez actually have a code word now that whenever that gets triggered and sometimes being in a new place, being in a new country, moving to Trinidad, it can get triggered because out of your comfort zone, what's going to happen when you get out of your comfort zone, your threshold is going to be challenged. And usually when you get out of your comfort zone, those old wounds will spike their heads up a little bit. You have to be more intentional. I've had to do a lot more, you know, checking in a lot more inner work to just keep working through deeper layers of those wounds since I've been here. But Kez actually has a code word for me. I'm not going to say it in case I ever need to use it around someone who might be watching this. Um, But the code word is something that he'll say to me when he sees me doing this and overgiving. And it could be anything from being with people and being like, oh, we're going to meet up this day. Great. And I'll have offered to cook. I'll be like, come round, I'll cook a five course meal when it was meant to be just the meetup and I've somehow then offered to do all these things. And at the time, it doesn't feel like I don't want to do that. I'll just say it. But what I have learned, and it's become a lot better over the over the, probably the last year or so that I've really tackled this one, 
is that it's my unconscious mind is telling me I want to do that. But really, what I actually want is to be accepted and to be loved. And later, when the day has passed, and I think about what I have to now do for this event that I've agreed to, I might feel a bit frustrated. I might feel I've overgiven. I've overgiven to often someone I've just met because I'm trying to be liked. And I'm not allowing the relationship to gradually build in a healthy way. That is how it should work. You know, you gradually open your hearts to each other more and more as you get to know the person because then you're opening your heart authentically to the full person rather than when we first meet someone, you know, we, we might get something great from them, a great energy, that's great, but we don't know the, the person fully. And often when you have an anxious attachment, you'll just get a little maybe breadcrumb, if you like, of some of love. And this isn't a disrespect to the person who's giving it to you, but you might meet someone who is amazing, who has an amazing energy. And then you'll just be like, oh my God, and the puppy inside you goes crazy and it's like, I love this and it's rolling over backwards and just doing doing the most again. And then, you know, later down the line, you've got to find out more about that person and gradually open yourselves more to that person so that you can gradually set new boundaries. The more you get to know the person, the closer you get, the more boundaries you might have in place. But when you just go, bam, zero to 100, and again, speaking from experience, then you never do that phase of gradually setting boundaries and gradually getting to know what the other person likes and dislikes and what their needs are and how they deal in certain areas and different things and it's then going to come as a shock one day when you find out these things but you've already gone in and treated it like a you know like you've known each other forever and you've opened up everything and then it's hard to backtrack so you can find yourselves in friendships where you feel pulled in different directions you feel that you're not able to be your authentic self and really say when something is a no from you or when something isn't lighting you up or making you happy, you may then struggle to set that boundary and you're going to feel frustrated, you're going to feel resentful. And that's not a good energy for you to be putting out either. It's one of the lowest vibrating energies on the scale of vibration, on the scale of frequency of all emotions, resentment, bitterness, they're very low. But as you can see, this is going to sound like a tough pill to swallow, sometimes we set ourselves up for this. And we're frustrated at someone else for the way they're treating us. But sometimes it's our initial behavior that's got us into this situation. And I say this from love, not to shame you again. All of this is coming from experience. Everything I teach is wisdom, not knowledge. Like it's, it's something I've had to integrate and learn before I come and teach it. So anything I'm calling you out on, like I've done it myself. But... You need to, when you, when you have healed your anxious attachment, when you're doing deep healing and you're seeing that, you know, expand, healing happens in layers, but you're seeing, you're seeing it shift, you're seeing the behavior shift and, and change, you will go into your friendships differently. And sometimes you might actually go in a little slower. And again, your conditioning might tell you this is not good, but there's a difference between being closed off and giving yourself a little piece at a time. You're still open, but you're open to the level of we're strangers and I'm open because I'm a friendly person. I'm not opening up everything and creating this, you know, expectation of how things are going to be when we haven't got to know each other yet. And we haven't built the, built the foundation. It is essentially like trying to build a house without laying a foundation. And then the house just all sinks down. You've put in loads of work and then you think it's going good because you're starting to see things take form. And then the house just sinks down because actually you didn't pave the floor. It's just all mud and it's like a sinkhole. 
and it can be very difficult. And if that's happened to you and you relate, are you building the foundation or is your anxious attachment making you run in 100 with any friendships and then later it falls down and it might not be because you're not suited or that person's not a nice person. It could be because it just wasn't formed in the right way and you guys didn't get a chance to, you know, build that healthy foundation. Okay, so that's number three. So we've done your anxious attachment style affects your money, your money situation, your work life and your career advancement. Your friendships, obviously you know it affects your romantic relationships. So that wasn't, that was not one, but that is obviously one. These were four unexpected ones. But before I go to the last one, which is the big one, I do just want to say also, the note that I made, back to the friendships point, about your unconscious mind, subconscious mind is constantly seeking healing. So it's constantly seeking to repeat old patterns looking for a different outcome, looking for a chance to, you know, get closure and complete it and have the situation end in a different way so that you can receive healing and closure. What this may cause you to do in friendships when your anxious attachment is unhealed is it may cause you to go after people who are hot and cold, inconsistent. Because again, if you have an anxious attachment style, it may have come from an inconsistent or a slightly hot and cold dynamic with a caregiver as a child so you may seek out people who are also like that and who are also hot and cold and who are also somewhat inconsistent and this is not always good I talk a lot about how it's not good in a romantic relationship because you're seeking someone who isn't able to meet your needs your nervous system wants stability and consistency and someone who can say they're going to do something and do it or say they are one way and follow through with that but inconsistent inconsistency is really just a wounded trait so just to clarify on that it's not that they're again bad people but they have some wounds inconsistency is usually a wound in masculine energy everyone has masculine energy but yeah it's usually a wound in, in that energy so you may find that you're going for friendships with people who are very inconsistent and hot and cold and treat you perhaps nicely one minute and then the next they don't maybe they are very turbulent with their you know moods and they take it out on you you could keep seeking that out unconsciously and you're like why would i seek that out if that's obviously not a nice it's not a great thing to be around why would i seek that out well you're not consciously doing it again your unconscious mind is seeking healing so another reason why you want to heal this because when you heal it you're going to attract different so you're not going to attract these friendships that don't serve you. You're going to attract different people into your life due to your unconscious behavior. And that happens in, in, in um, romantic relationships, in friendships. Okay, so the final one that I'm going to share with you is final unexpected area that your attachment style may be blocking you in, maybe blocking you from manifesting what you want, is in every other manifestation that you have that I haven't mentioned. Wow, like I know that's intense and I'm not being like, wait, wait for the, this is not a bad thing. I know it sounds heavy, but wait for the, the moment. <laughs> because every other area of your life, everything that you wanna manifest is of course influenced, well, is, is brought in by, yes, a lot of subconscious work as I've explained, but, but, 
action, and action often comes from unconscious mind. And so your anxious attachment style will massively affect your tolerance versus your adversity to discomfort. When we don't feel safe, we do not feel able to take uncomfy action to the degree that we do when we have our own internal sense of safety because we've healed our anxious attachment wounds. So if you're walking around with these wounds still running you, as many of us are, then you may be very adverse to taking action that is not comfortable. You may be very adverse to getting out of the comfort zone. And again, that's just because your inner child is like, I don't feel safe. Can we not do that, please? You don't see it as I'm, I'm just not taking the action I need to take. Your subconscious mind or your ego will just come up with all these reasons why it's a good, good decision. And if I use an example of this, so sorry, it just paused, but I'm back. If I do an example of this, as I said at the beginning of this, this morning at 8 a.m., I was finishing Juve Carnival in Trinidad, and now I'm doing a podcast. Like, it's hilarious. But I was finishing it. I had an amazing, amazing time. But I'm going to be fully honest and vulnerable with you. I was having a lot of anxiety about it before going. And I, I just, my inner child and my ego was telling me, do not go. And it was coming up with all these reasons why. Again, I think since being here in Trinidad, like I'm more out of my comfort zone. It's a whole new culture. It's a whole new, you know, environment. I don't know the place. Like I know London, I've lived there for, you know, almost 10 years, 10 years. I knew exactly where, where is where's a good place to go, where's safe, where's not safe, where's, you know, I had my routine, how, how do we do things here, I knew everything. Here I'm more outside of my comfort zone. So again, that threshold of what feels uncomfortable has altered. And we've been for a, a crazy ride since being here, which I'll, I'll talk about more in an episode another time. But we've been through a lot of crazy stuff since being here. We're good now, but it's been very overwhelming a lot like not including the basic sense of moving abroad being overwhelming there's been a load of other things that happened when we moved so my ego was going to me do you know what like you're not really in the mood for carnival because you've been through a lot and don't be so hard on yourself like you don't have to go you're being kind to yourself you're setting boundaries by not going because you've been through a lot and it's been a busy time and it's been a very overwhelming almost traumatic time at points so, you know, of course you don't have to go, it's fine. And my ego was giving me all these reasons why, you know, I'm doing the right thing by not going. When actually, if I was really, you know, when I'm able to sit with myself and through a lot of the, you know, healing work and the journal prompts and all this stuff, and again, all of it's in the anxious attachment bundle, I was able to recognize that that's not actually my higher self. It's my ego telling me not to go to carnival. It's my ego, it's a part of me that's scared and uncomfortable and is out of my comfort zone and doesn't know the place and, you know, doesn't know exactly what it's going to be like, unlike Notting Hill Carnival, which I've done a few times now. This was new and it wasn't a sense of, this is what's right for me, what's right for me is not to go. It was a sense of, I'm just uncomfortable, I'm a little out of my comfort zone and I don't want to do, I, I don't want to take the uncomfy action. But my higher self knew that actually this would be expansive for me. It would be a great experience. Like it would, yeah, be out of my comfort zone, but in a great way. And not only that, but now having come back from, you know, day one, it was healing. Like 
a friend of mine was voice noting me through it and she was like like I hope your inner child has the best time and my inner child did like my inner child loved it I felt so free I really like just was able to let go but also it was kind of like a, a baptism into like this moving here in this new life I've been here for three months now but it was the first like big event obviously Trinidad Carnival is a huge part of the culture and everyone meshes together and so in a way it was like anchoring in and it made me feel like more at home so now I feel like I'm going like after carnival after tomorrow I will feel like I just feel already a switch like a new chapter of being here because I've now initiated myself in through this big cultural event and through the carnival like I feel more at home here but my ego was telling me not to go so if I had listened to that then I wouldn't have had that great thing and that great experience and this now shift in paradigm and mentality as well so that was my anxious attached inner child speaking my anxious attachment caused my inner child not to feel safe and she mostly sits in the back seat now I always use this analogy of like a car your higher self can be in the front seat and then your wounded inner child could be right next to you if she's not driving the freaking car she could be next to you literally backseat driving shouting in your ear moving the, the steering wheel trying to drive you all off in different directions there could be a lot of resistance <laughs> she could be in the back but like leaning over you again being a backseat driver not letting you do your thing or she could be like literally in the back sticking her head out the window like a puppy like hair blowing in the wind just living her best life and letting you do your thing and i feel like just before i left london my wounded inner child was in the back seat, hair out the, out the window, living her best life. And I was just, higher self was leading me every step of the way. But since coming here, she's definitely been in the back seat a few times, trying to shout. I haven't let her take the steering wheel, luckily, because of these, you know, tools that I have available to me and because of the healing work that I've done so far that I'm able to recognize her, whereas before I totally wouldn't. She hasn't been able to take the wheel. But this is important to say because... I want you to know that, you know, it's not like you just get there and it's done forever. And that, you know, you heal and then you're healed forever and you're never going to be triggered. Life doesn't work like that. And this is not a bad thing because triggering is how we, our triggers are our teachers. It's how we expand. When we get triggered, we unveil a new layer. We can heal deeper because we're, we're, our trigger is a flashlight onto a deeper, deeper layer of like a wound or something that was still hidden in the unconscious. And again, like as you expand, as you do bigger things, as I moved across the world, I'm expanding my comfort zone. And so my, my wounded inner child is like, oh, I was comfortable in London, but now you want to go to Trinidad. I don't know this place. Like she's like, okay, I'm perking back up. I was sticking my hair out the window. But basically imagine being in a car in the back. You know, I love imagine just chilling, you know, sticking your head out the window. And then the driver, like imagine it's like an Uber driver, just suddenly takes a different turn than you expected. You're not going to just carry on, right? You're probably going to sit in and be like, uh, and you're going to, if not, if you don't say something, you're at least going to be watching very carefully. You're going to be a bit like, am I safe? That's what your wounded inner child does when you take expansive action and when you get out of your comfort zone. But when you're, so when she's healing more, she's got a better tolerance to discomfort. And yeah, like, like I said, my inner child was definitely like triggering her. She was triggered at some points and I've had to be able to work with her and, you know, let her take that back seat again and do the work to let her sit back but she luckily wasn't steering the wheel she didn't like grab the wheel and just say let's go the fuck back to england 
or let's not go to carnival like she didn't actually change my actions luckily but her voice was there sometimes when I'm trying to drive and she's telling me all these different directions that I don't want to take luckily I was able to not let her take the wheel so as you do this healing you develop that you develop the ability for her to become more tolerant to discomfort so maybe she'll, she'll be able to sit with her head out the window through more things and then maybe she'll allow you to do more uncomfortable things and she'll just keep an eye but she won't grab the wheel and this is important because everything you manifest as i've said comes down to eventually taking uncomfy action you'll do healing work you'll change your subconscious mind you'll shift your identity because all of that creates your unconscious behavior but at the end of the day you have to take the action and if you if you are not tolerant to discomfort because of this this anxious attachment style that is still running the show then you won't take that action and if you don't take the uncomfy action then you stay where you are which means you don't manifest that next level that you want so yes your anxious attachment style to summarize influences every single thing that you want to manifest because it influences how safe you feel inside internally and how safe you feel influences your unconscious behavior and your unconscious behavior creates everything that you manifest i love it when a plan comes together we've brought it to a nice succinct conclusion because you know i go on tangents sometimes and i think i've been live for like 45 minutes i was not intending to do that again i have slept for hours coming fresh off carnival but this was channeled i really felt passionate to share this so i hope that it's connected and the good news is that when you heal your anxious attachment, not just one area of your life improves. It's a myth that when you heal your anxious attachment style, your relationship will get better, your romantic relationship, and that's it. And that that's the only thing you should be, that only if you want a romantic relationship that is better than your current romantic situation, you should do attachment style work. That story is a myth. If you want to improve any of those areas of your life, to be honest, if you want to improve your life in any shape or form, you should heal your attachment style. You should look at your attachment style and your attachment wounds and do the inner work to, un to create more layers of healing because it will affect everything, which is so like, oh, it just touches me deep. That is to me kind of mind blowing because I've, I feel like through this podcast, I've put it all into words. But I don't think I've ever done that before and I've been able to vocalise it and actually get it to come into that succinct way. So if you do want to do this healing work, I have, as I've mentioned, my anxious attachment, anxious money attachment healing bundle, which walks you through both the inner work to heal these anxious attachment wounds as it relates to money, but also the outer strategy, the strategy that I showed you about that I used, even when I was not making enough to cover my bills, and I was in my overdraft, I was able to use this strategy to slowly pull myself out of it and have since four times my income. And got out of my overdraft and I've got savings and I've got all these pots and life feels abundant, finally. So inside the bundle, the bundle is that attachment, is that formula as well as the inner work and a number of other things, including a meditation style hypnosis, hypnosis style meditation to reprogram your unconscious mind as it relates to these anxious attachment wounds with money so yes you can go and get that via the link in my bio but what i'm excited about is 
that I have got a, like a, an offer on. It was supposed to be till the end of Wednesday, but I'm now making it till the end of Thursday because I had so much fun at Carnival today that I'm going again tomorrow, whereas I thought I would not be able to hack it, but I am. So this is now on until the end of Thursday because I'm probably not going to be on my phone tomorrow. So the offer is that if you, if and when you join the Goddess in the Circle before Thursday, which is my coaching membership to heal in love and self-love. So we do all of this deep work on attachment styles as, me- as well as many other relationship wounds so that you can become your most confident, authentic, authentic and magnetic version of yourself, which means that you can manifest the relationship that you want, whether that's with yourself, with your divine partner or with you know friends. Any, all relationships it affects. So when you join that, which is £66 a month, until Thursday, you get the anxious healing attack. I can't, I can't say it. The anxious money is catching up to me now, my tiredness. My anxious money attachment healing bundle completely free. Usually it's £35. So the link is in my bio, or you can DM me heal the word. You can DM me the words heal in money and love. And I will send you the deeds and send you the links. Um, but I hope that you enjoyed this and I hope that it was helpful. Hey, Ola, I hope you're good. Uh, best of luck in your new capture in Trinidad. Thank you very much. It's going good. Thank you guys for joining me. And if you missed the beginning, this will be reshared as a live, as a recording on my Instagram feed and also on the podcast so you can catch up. And yeah, if you want the deets, slide in my DMs. Bye, guys. So I hope you love this episode. Thank you for listening and spending your time with me. And I really hope that it is empowering you and has empowered you to go for those goals and to know that you are so capable of manifesting all that you desire and all of that soulful success in your life, in your business, in your relationships, in any aspect that you desire it in. And if you did enjoy this episode, if you did find it helpful, if you did have some light bulb moments, please take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Leela Jasmine Sule. I would love to hear what you took away from the episode. I would love to hear how it helped you. But also it would be amazing if you could share the message and pass this on to more Grow Girls who would benefit from this. And if you share it on your Instagram stories, then of course, all the Grow Girls in your community will also be able to listen and enjoy the goodness as well. Until next time, Grow Girls, goodbye.